Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. How are y'all doing? Uh, I'm getting better slowly, slowly but surely, day by day. I'm telling you, this stuff echoes. It uh, rolls forward. It does not go away very quickly or easily. Um, so I hope you're all taking care of yourselves. Not, you know, again, I'm working with some clients that have gotten COVID two times and uh, maybe even a third. So we still got to be, uh, <laughs> God, being thoughtful and cautious. Uh, anyway, I, I've had enough of that topic. Got a great show planned for you. Wanted to open the show talking about a couple things. Um, you know, again, this is very uh, kid and family friendly, but it's a love line. So it's always a little punchy, but um, we can get into this right now. You know, a, a question that comes up often in my practice, and I wrote an entire article on this. I'm going to have to dig it up and put it out there. Uh, something I wrote years ago, and it was kind of just about etiquette, uh, dating, app, etiquette and the sharing of photos. Sometimes those photos are maybe a little more explicit than other times. And I happened to be scrolling in the New York Times, did an article on this, did not read it, not interested in this other person's thoughts. I have my own. Like I said, I've written about it myself. And it was, can I ask my ex to delete any erotic photos I might have sent them? And I thought it's a really important topic for a multitude of reasons because I think we want to always remember that uh, relationality is supposed to be something that's safe. And when anything we formed with someone uh, happily, but more meaningfully, sadly ends, we still want to honor what was and um, what the intention was. When we share photos of any kind with someone, it's in service of flirtation and intimacy building and courtship. And that's what its purpose and intent is. And when that's no longer happening or no longer possible because we, I don't know, stopped talking to each other, someone left someone, whatever it might be, it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, you should delete the photos you have of that person. And you should absolutely, if you feel the need, ask them to please do that. That's etiquette. That's respect. And if someone has frustrated you, disappointed you, or let you down, you don't have a right to weaponize what was sent at a moment when they felt safe and they trusted you. And I think that also extends beyond that. Um, I'm personally really disturbed by people that also later after a relationship disclose things that were shared in confidence again when they were doing well and things were rooted in trust and care you never have a right 
um, no matter how injured you might have been by the person to later disclose or share photos or things that were shared with you in confidence. And I want us to, as a culture, really hold that boundary. And if someone's about to disclose something, say, you know what, that was told to you when you were together. I don't want to hear about it. That's gossip and that's emotional abuse. And that's not right to be shared with others. Um, but you're also marketing yourself poorly because what you're telling the world is you can't trust me because if you upset me or disappoint me, I'll do this to you as well. I'll put you on blast. I'll get a billboard and put you on blast. I'll spray paint your car. I'll share nudes that you sent me. You're not a safe human being for anyone to relate to. You're, you're not, you're lacking ethics. So we do have that responsibility. I also want to remind you, we have revenge porn laws and most states have started to adopt it, which means you don't have ownership of those photos. Even if someone sent them to you, unless you've been given explicit permission, you do not have a right to do anything with those nor to show them to someone. You have not gotten ownership transferred to you because they were sent to you. That has to be explicitly communicated that I give you permission. Um, just the sending of those to you means you don't own them. And if you do show them to someone or do anything with them, that comes with jail time and serious fines. And I advocate for people to contact authorities to um, really hold that. So we gotta do better as a culture. People shouldn't have to worry while in a relationship with someone or going through courtship, what might happen down the road where the relationship to end or not, or not, you know, continue or for someone to feel injured. We have to get better about that. I see these people, uh, relationships end and they're so upset that they just don't know how to manage things well. And they start attacking them on social media, showing up at their house, emails, sharing gossip, all sorts of stuff. It's very disheartening. Um, because then we, then we lose trust and it's very traumatic and traumatizing. But you also make yourself look like a fool because you're telling, like I said, others, you can't trust me. I don't manage my feelings well. I don't manage disappointment well. And that's part of being in a relationship. That's part of courtship. That's part of dating is you might be let down and disappointed. And how you manage that speaks to the world and future partners how healthy you are and how much you can be trusted. So when I see articles like this come up, I'm reminded to touch upon this topic. There's never an excuse to harm others because you've been harmed. There's never an excuse to harm others because you've been disappointed or let down. Um, I've never had that outright necessarily done to me, but I've had small versions of that where a relationship didn't continue and someone took what I've confided in them and shared it with others to harm me. And I see that happening with clients I work with clinically, and I also see it happening with celebrities. It's not cool. It's not okay. And I want us to do better. You know, ethics are, ethics matter. So let's kind of step that game up. Um, all right. And uh, coming up next, we're going to kind of talk about a little bit of a heavy, dark topic. I know it can't always be rainbow and sunshines. Uh, sunshine is going to be a signs of a failing relationship. But we talk about this so as to be able to step in and make things better and fix things. So it's kind of like, you know, a little bit of a wake up call. Uh, and as you can tell, still got some symptoms of COVID. So I'm a little congested and whatnot. But, uh, Show's gonna go on. We got a great show planned, so stick around. And if you got a DM, as always, y'all, you know the drill. Drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We will be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, y'all, we are back. And uh, we're talking about signs that your relationship might need a little work and a little attention. We're calling it signs that the relationship might be failing. (laughs) So I know it's a little bit of a heavy topic, but I want people to see these things coming so they can step in and do the work. When we think that a relationship is in trouble, the work isn't to just allow it. If you care, you step it up. Um, We get very lazy. Uh, Before we get into the topic, I'll remind y'all, because I love reminders. It's about repetition, learning, unlearning, and relearning. We got to stay in the stages of courtship. So remember, no matter what stage you are in your relationship, married for decades, home ownership, children, we still want to be attracting and flirting and courting. That's the gift and the beauty of being in a romantic relationship. So part of keeping things good is staying in those stages. So keep doing that. Um, But when things aren't going well, that doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship has to end. There's many moments when things are feeling like they're failing that we can do an intervention. And we're going to go through some of the basics, but I always want to just call out couples therapy and individual therapy always exists for those that don't have access to that or can't afford it, even though telemedicine is making it a lot easier. There are amazing books that you can read together as a couple, and you can kind of do the work together, talk about what you're reading, try to apply it. Um, <clears throat> really good stuff. So, um, what are some of the signs? What are some of the things that I want you to use to wake yourself up, not to attack or criticize or blame your partner? We're not, that's not what we do as mature adults. We look at what's happening and we see what we can do to undo or create something new. We look at our part in the system. You know, we don't want to just always be pointing the finger when we want to go outward. We got to go inward first. Um, so the first thing is, remember, I'm going to also, I'm going to, gosh, I'm going to drop a lot of gems on y'all. The most meaningful thing is, um, reliability, availability, consistency, and responsiveness. And that responsiveness is a big one. And that's the first one I want to start with when your partner's not responsive, that can be something that can happen in macro and also micro ways, meaning responsiveness can no longer exist because they just flat out ignore you. <laughs> that's a very easy Uh, Not easy to deal with, not easy to experience, but it's a very easy thing to see. But there can be smaller micro versions of that where they take longer to get back to you. Sometimes they don't get back to you at all. Um, They don't take your thoughts or opinions into account. You're calling, you're texting, you're trying to make plans, and that's not really acknowledged. That inherently on its own doesn't mean 
the ship is sinking, but it's maybe a sign. Because remember, we're looking at multiple points and you have to kind of pull them all together. Just a few of these doesn't mean things are bad or wrong. People naturally go through phases where they're burnt out, tired, distracted, needing to focus on other things. So we do want to allow some of these things throughout the life cycle of a relationship. And again, this applies to all relationships, honestly, romantic and otherwise. But that lack of responsiveness it's not ideal. It doesn't always feel great, but it could be the sign that something's off. And in those moments, we just want to lovingly call it out. Hey, I haven't really been hearing back from you. Is everything okay? We pose it as a question. It's not a critique. It's not a criticism. It's not an attack. It's a question. Is everything okay? I noticed we haven't been keeping up as much, or we haven't been talking, or I noticed I haven't heard back. Is everything okay? Um, I noticed that plans we make fall through. I noticed that you're not remembering what we planned. Make it a question. Because that's we're, we're, we're trying to maintain something. We're not trying to maybe burn something down that's already in trouble or to push someone further away that's already drifting. So make it a question. But that's the first piece is responsiveness. I also want to flip that and talk about what's a strength. Be responsive. If you want someone to feel like they're in a close, committed relationship or you're courting someone, responsiveness is huge. One of the number one things you'll hear in couples, but also in early dating, is I'm not hearing back, or a lot of time goes by when I don't hear from them. There's a healthy level of that, which is they're living their life, but then there's an unhealthy version, which is they might they might not be prioritizing you, you might not be important to them. And instead of making assumptions, that's why I like it being a question that you pose. Is everything okay? What's, what's going on? I notice I don't hear from you, or I don't hear from you as often as I used to. Because whatever has become a pattern, if that changes, pretty reasonable to ask questions as to what might be different because we used to talk more or more frequently or more consistency and we haven't been. So it's very understandable to be wondering that. And we want to reduce the shame about all of this. And also, you know, sticking with the positives because I don't want this just to be like a darker topic. Making bids for attention is how we stay close and connected and we want to be available to those. So when someone's trying to tell us something, show us something or engage us, we want to just be present to that. And that's that responsiveness again. And that's how we really form what we call securely attached relationships is are you there when I need you? Are you there when I try to find you? Are you there when I try to connect to you? And it's not a good sign when someone's just not that responsive, you know, or even available or even accessible. Those all kind of fall under that wider word. So that's one of the main things you want to pay attention to. A change in pattern, but specifically around responsive, responsiveness. Responsiveness, like I said, is being accessible, but also being present um, and being open to bids for attention. Um, another one is not able to be connected to or located. And that, again, falls under responsiveness, but it's like an extension of that. Do I know where they are? Do I know where they go? Um, do I know what they're doing with their time? People are allowed to have boundaries and privacy, and that's why I advocate for when your partner or friend or family member's out doing something at work or with their friends, you're not constantly checking, where are you, what are you doing? We let them be, but we have a sense of what's happening. Um, the positive spin on that, or the tool, I guess I should say, is so as to not let those we care about feel abandoned, if we're going somewhere, this is not policing or control. I mean this in a healthy way, not a form of toxic monogamy. Tell them where you're going and when you'll be back. And that's how we don't feel abandoned. Hey, going out with my friends. We're going to go to the movies. I should be back around midnight. And then we're like, cool, I'll see you then. 
<laughs> and then there's no need to be checking in or wondering or worrying. But when someone just is gone or disappears, it's very understandable that a little anxiety is spiked. That's part of the attachment system. And when you're in a relationship with someone, you attach. That's why sometimes it's hard for us to sleep when they're not there. Um, but we don't want to always live and act from that. And when we're in a relationship, we're on the side of the relationship. It's a team. And so we don't want to make our partners anxious. And so we want to be sharing some of that. Um, all right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about signs that there might be a problem in your relationship, but also learning some tools within that. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about signs your relationship might be failing. Now, again, one of these doesn't mean all's bad or wrong. We want to be looking at these as a whole. Um, things happen in our lives and we're not as accessible or reliable or whatever it is. So we're not panicking, but we're using these things as a way to get a sense of our relationship. But we're also using these in the inverse. We're using these as ways to enhance and make our relationship more robust by not allowing some of these things. And we were just talking about the importance of responsiveness. So if you really want to be in a robust, healthy relationship, be responsive. Uh, if someone reaches out, reach back out, be present when you're with them. Um, but if that's not happening, it might be a sign that things aren't great or someone's not looking for something serious and committed. Um, and, and these can be some conversation starters. I want them to be questions, not blaming, not accusations. So it's, it's a question. Hey, we don't talk as often as we did, or you often don't get back to me. Is everything okay? It's a question, a loving question that's trying to get more information. We're not attacking. None of these topics are for weaponizing. Also, you know, locating someone. I think that's a big one. Um, let people know where you're going. Let them know when you're coming back. That's how we don't abandon. I teach couples that with regulation. If you're in a fight, don't storm out. We don't want to instill a sense of panic when things aren't going well. So we say to them, hey, I'm not feeling great. I don't like the way I'm starting to talk to you or I don't like the energy of this conversation. I'm gonna to go to the coffee shop down the street. I'll be back in an hour. Let people know where you're going and when you'll be back. It's not controlling. It's not a form of toxic monogamy. We're not policing, we're not doing that, but we're lovingly understanding that when we're in a relationship, we impact each other. And so we're taking that seriously and we're letting people know where we are and what's going on with us. That That's acceptable. Um, Another thing we want to track, looking at the good and the bad, is uh, commitment. When we commit to something, when we promise something, when we make a plan for something, we want to follow through. You know, it's not a good sign when someone's not reliable, um, when something we say we're going to do doesn't happen. It's very weakening. And it makes the person feel like they're alone in that relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romantic partnership, whether it's a marriage, even when it's two colleagues maybe working on a work project together. We want people to know that we can be counted on. We want people to know that we're reliable. Because again, the key terms are consistent, reliable, available, responsive. Those are really four powerful touchstones for all relationships if you want them to feel very robust and connected is to keep hitting those qualities. And if you don't, don't. You know, in casual dating, don't do those things if you're not looking for something serious. But if you are, build them in. And if you're looking for something serious with someone, look for someone who does those things. Consistent, reliable, available, responsive. That's how we build a true relationship, those four points. And broken promises erodes at all of that. We, we need to be able to count on people. And that's not something we say, that's something we do, that's something we demonstrate. And I don't advise us trusting something or someone if we can't count on them. That's the basis of trust. And it's shown when it's hardest. 
It's kind of like monogamy. When it's easy and it doesn't matter, well, then it doesn't matter. But when it's hardest, that's when we really show ourselves and uh, show ourselves and the relationship that like this is something important to me. I had a conversation with a friend about that a long time ago <laughs> when I was saying, you know, when things are easy, cool. But when things are hard and we put our relationship and our partner or their feelings first, that's when we're really demonstrating care and love and really hear that and really see that. But also really offer that for those that, you know, you want to feel that. These are very simple things, <clears throat> but the power is great when they lack or when they're struggling. So again, in isolation, these things shouldn't have a lot of weight, but when we add them all up, then they definitely should. Um, we talk a lot also about treatment. Um, and <clears throat> we want to be part of relationships that are validating. Um, I'm finding myself reminding people a lot recently that <sighs> things take work and there's going to be bumps in the road, but things shouldn't make our life harder. And we shouldn't be part of relationships where the way people talk to us, make us feel bad about ourselves. That's not the point. And before we look at how others maybe talk to us, we want to first start with looking at how we talk to others. You know, how do those that are in your care as a friend or loved one, how do those that are spending a lot of time around you, how do they feel as a result of being around you? How do they feel as a result of the way you speak to them? Because remember, our self-esteem is relational. It's an accumulation of how all the way, it's an accumulation of all the ways that the people around us treat us and speak to us and speak about us. We internalize that. Self-esteem is not an inside job. It's a result of the world that we participate in. And to say otherwise is to victim shame. You know, we can't have self-esteem when we're living in a world that's telling us we're not acceptable and we don't have worth and we don't have value. That's an impossibility. We have to really get very sociopathic and cut off empathy and limbic resonance and social contagion and mirror neurons and all these different factors that are interpersonal neurobiologically built to let us know and see who we are. We go quite psychotic when we don't have reality testing and reality testing is given to us by others in the world. That's why isolation is so toxic. We don't know what's real and what's not real. We need others to ground us and anchor us and to reflect back that we exist and that we're real. But that can also have a detrimental impact if we're not around positive people and positive messages and positive languaging. Um, all right, we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna do some DMs and then we're gonna come back and keep talking about signs that uh, the relationship is no good. So stick around, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we are back and now it is time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs are brought to you from our Loveline IG page. That's right. Drop your questions in there, your comments, your thoughts, topics you want, topics you want us to go back into. This one says, hey, Loveline, I'm going back and forth with my girlfriend on this. Uh-oh. People want me to be the uh, final word. I'm like, well, you said I feel like it's such a dumb thing to argue about, so I'll ask you. Awesome. If the COVID vaccine comes out and we can take it, can we start enjoying life again? Wait a minute. What do you mean if? There is a vaccine. There's multiple vaccines. They are out. You should have them already. You should get boosted. You said my girlfriend's afraid to take it. I'm not going to be the first one in line. I think this is an old question. So I'll say it like this. I don't know how this one popped up. Um, yes, you should take it. <laughs> Let me say it like this. I just had COVID. I'm still dealing with the uh, symptoms. Over two weeks later, 
I have clients that have had it two times, three times, and soon it'll probably be people with having had it four times. The whole point of the vaccine is so that we don't die, so that we reduce the impact and severity, so that hospitals aren't clogged, so that people that need the care can get it. People that are like, oh, people are still getting it. Why are we getting the vaccine? Again, so we don't die, so other people don't die, so that the, severe, the symptoms are less severe. Let me tell you something. As someone who's double-vaxxed and boosted, uh, because I got boosted early on, and now I'm at the back end of it when it's not really that robust, two weeks later, I'm still brain-fogged, I'm still fatigued, I still have a little bit of a cough. I'm miserable. I don't want it. I don't want it again. So even though people are like, great, you got it, now you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I do. I don't want it two times or three times. I don't want to be a long hauler. Uh, my boost, my booster is pretty much worn down. I need to go get a, a fourth shot now. Um, it's impacting my work. It's impacting my mental health. It's impacting my relationship. This is no good. I know people who've had it severely the first time, the second time, and the third time. So that's why. So yes, get in line and get it. Get two of them. Get the third one. Also, you're going to have trouble living out in the world because it's mandatory here in LA to enter any space. You have to show proof and you still have to wear a mask and I'm here for it. I don't want to be around people that are not vaccinated. I don't feel safe. That's why I'm working from home exclusively. I don't feel safe because people aren't taking this seriously. People are still going to concerts and running around and in closed spaces and around crowds. And I don't think that's appropriate for me. I don't think it's appropriate for anyone because um, I care about how I impact others. And so I'm being very thoughtful and cautious, but here's where we are. So the science is there, get it. Especially if you are, or you are around people who are compromised in some way elderly, disabled, whatever it is. We want to get rid of our ableism saying, well, I'm in a perfect house. So I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, but the people you might infect might not be and do need to. I have a very ill mom who would probably die from it. So I'm worried about her and I don't want the people around her to put her life at risk because they think because she's, you know, not well or she's older that that somehow makes her life mean less. <laughs> That's offensive. So y'all go get it immediately. I don't know if that's question, that question's new or old, but I'm glad I got it because it gave me a chance to just kind of share my experience. It's been horrible. Um, and I don't know how long this is going to keep rolling on for, but it's making me tired. So I'm ready to get my life back. <laughs> I want my energy back. I want my brain back. Um, it wasn't fun. It wasn't like, oh, you got a week off. I hope you enjoyed it. It was miserable. Like I was too energized to just lay there and way too sick to get up. I, I can't, I couldn't have watched any more television. My brain was ready to explode, but I wasn't able to focus enough to read. I wasn't able to really hold conversations. I wasn't able to do any clinical work. Um, I'm still tired. It's no good. It is no good. No one wants that. So if you're on the, if you're unsure, do it. <laughs> if those around you haven't set some boundaries, send some research to them. We're going to be talking about this still for a while. I thought this was going to be a topic that we we're going to be winding down on because we're all kind of tired of it. Um, but it's still there. So who knows what's coming next? That's the kick is there's always a new variant or something new. So we are going to have to get a little familiar with it, but we still have to take precautions. And I'm telling you as someone who has a weakened immune system, genetically, just naturally, I don't have a great immune system. I got every cold and flu whenever it went around. And so I'm glad we're wearing masks. And there's part of me that wants to continue to when I'm out in public post COVID, if there ever is such a thing, because I don't like being sick all the time and I get it often. So anyway, that's our DMs. If you got a DM for us, like I said, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of Loveline, ones you've missed, ones you want to check out, ones you want to rehear, go to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for the show, click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. We got a ton more to come though. So uh, don't go anywhere, stick around. But when the music comes on, dance, 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 because we're moving our bodies. We're trying to find joy and it's a great way to get a little self-care. So you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back.
Oh, Rachel, we are back. Uh, we're just breaking down, processing, sharing, discussing, learning, and talking about signs that um, a relationship of whatever kind is maybe drifting, falling apart, failing, not going to last long. Um, and we only talk about this so that we can step in and change that, step in and call that out and say, hey, can we fix this? It's to build awareness, to resolve, not for us to panic. And we want to make these topics questions like, hey, I'm noticing A, B, and C. What's going on? Or things have changed. What's, what's, what's made that shift happen? Because any pattern that changes, eh, it might be reasonable that there's a reason why. But we're also looking at what maybe we're doing that we want to do or don't want to do. And I think when we look at what not to do, we can also look at what you should do in place of, instead of. Um, and we're just talking a lot about responsiveness. I think that's such an, a necessary word in relationships. Are you there? Can I count on you? Are you present? Um, that's a big one. And there's a lot of things that fall under that umbrella, but responsiveness is such a meaningful word. So is consistency and reliability. Really seek that, really try to build that. Um, ask for that, <laughs> require that. Uh, and then we're also just kind of looking at how our self-worth, our self-esteem is reflected back to us. We want to be aware of the world and the people that we're spending time around. And is it doing that? And if not, how can we change that or maybe even step out? Um, <clears throat> another big one is future. Uh, part of a healthy relationship is when people talk more about we and us. There's, an, there's a relational orientation to their thinking. And they talk about future that includes you. And they make future plans with you. We can't expect that too soon. But when that's not happening, or it's quite the opposite, and they're talking a lot about I and me and what they're going to do, it's not a good sign. It doesn't mean all is bad. doesn't mean all is wrong. But it might mean you want to do some work, ask some questions, or you need to reconnect. Um, because, again, it's a good sign when we're evolving as a unit. We still hold on to our separate selves, but we have a unit. We're both impacted by what each other's doing, and we take that into consideration and account. We care about that. Um, it's a system. That's what we're trying to do, and we want to make sure it's healthy, though. But this future orientation is really important. Um, often, if someone actively is not wanting to be a part of a relationship, well, then they withdraw that. They stop planning ahead. They stop imagining in a future with you. Not a good sign. Again, we can work on getting back to that, but this is a red flag. That means there's some work to do. A discussion needs to be had. Um, because drifting, if we don't work on it, can become solidified. And sometimes we can go too far. Um, so keep talking about the future. Keep sharing hopes. Keep sharing goals and dreams. Um, and, and try to make it inclusive of all the people involved in the relationship. I mean, imagine being at work and they're talking about an upcoming project that normally would include you because of who you are, your role in the department, and somehow your name is left out of that. That would understandably send a, you know alarm bells, red flags. Well, we have the relational versions of that as well. And that's one of the first things that starts to shift is you are no longer included in the planning or, you know, the uh, discussions about what they're hoping will be. <sighs> I know, but these are little insights. Again, don't panic, but these should lead to some discussions and some questions if you're seeing this happening. Um, so the future piece, the us and the we, that's desired. There's some people that shame stuff like that. Uh, but that's what we want in a securely attached relationship of whatever kind is that and it's almost like a regression uh, backwards versus this a toxic and obsessive individualism that in our culture we always want. But it's like when you're in a relationship, you have to consider the system um, and how we impact each other. Uh, we talked a little bit about this with responsiveness, but um, whenever you're reaching out for connection and closeness, is it rejected? Um, is it available? 
do they lean in when you lean in or do they lean out when you lean in? Uh, again, there's a multitude of reasons as to why that could be happening. There might be some work to be done. There might be some frustration or resentment. But um, if there's a lot of that happening, you got to bring up, bring it up. That's got to become a question. Uh, because even if we're frustrated or upset with each other, we still want to be available for connection because that's one of those basic foundational pieces that everything else is kind of built upon. Um, so again, that's the, that's the inverse as well. If you want to build something secure, make sure you are always responsive and accessible when they're making bids for your attention. You're going to hear that word a lot in couples therapy. Um, it's rooted in some early work that I think is really valuable. Um, but you know, what else is a relationship but that? So seek that, ask for that, um, offer that I see people sometimes think that it only matters on large level stuff, but it matters on those micro moments as well. Hey, did you see this? Whether it's a meme or a news story or an article, um, ignoring it, um, minimizing it, blowing it off, mocking it, that sometimes makes the person stop circling back. And if they stop trying to connect and turn to us because we're never available, well, then we literally, literally are causing the end of our relationship. So be present to those things. Even if it doesn't matter to you, it matters to them. And the content doesn't matter as much as the process. So um, all right, I'm going to take a little break which is good, my brain fog, uh, my congestion. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna come back and keep talking about this and then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, as always, drop those DMs in our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, topics you want covered, things you want us to circle back and drop deeper into, love to hear from you. And past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. We'll be back though, so stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey, we'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back and uh, we're talking about signs of a failing relationship. When I say it like that, it sounds so depressing and bleak, but <clears throat> we don't mean it like that. We mean it as in, uh, hey, heads up, these are things that might be a sign you need to lean in, have some difficult conversations, work on your relationship, express some love. Uh, we're not pulling the fire alarm. We're, we're, we're using these as conversation starters. So <clears throat> we were talking a lot about the consistent, available, responsive. It's about presence, uh, not gift giving, although sure, that's really sweet. Uh, it's about when you're there being there, being accessible, uh, showing up, leaning into attempts that your partner makes to connect with you. Also looking at future orientation. That's a big one. When someone is really considering you built into their life, they'll reference the future and it will include you. That's also a little part of it is this new perspective of bonding. And that means there's more of a we and us conversation and less I and we. You're really included in those spaces. Um, the lack of that doesn't necessarily have to mean anything, but, but these are signs that we're paying attention to. And I'm always talking about the inverse. If you want to really build a resilient, robust relationship, start using those as ways to kind of build more intimacy and deepen the connection. Um, that future piece is huge. And then we just also talked again about bids for connection, whether it's macro or micro, when someone turns to you to connect, whether it's a friend, family member, loved one, whatever it is, that's a powerful moment where you're letting them know consciously and unconsciously how important they are to you. And that includes the things that are interesting and meaningful to them. You want to be available to that because shutting that out and shutting that down uh, should raise some concerns. But as I said before the break, we aren't picking fights about this stuff. We aren't criticizing, blaming, or attacking. We're using these things or their absence 
to ask questions. Hey, how is everything going? Hey, I noticed I don't often hear back from you anymore. Are we okay? Are you still interested in a relationship? When in doubt, go to the person involved and ask them lovingly, what's going on? One of the most heartbreaking things I see in my office is people trying to read me text messages and emails and saying, what do you think this means? And I'm always like, I don't know, you need to ask them. That's a one-to-one adult relationship. Hey, things have shifted, things have changed, what's going on? So take advantage of that. And based on their response or lack thereof, that's another indicator. Uh, Energy. Is their energy going towards the relationship or away from their relationship? It's a big one. Are they leaning in or are they leaning out? If you want someone to feel close and connected and cared for, you lean in. You put energy into the relationship. But someone who's always putting their resources, their time, their focus, and their energy away from you or not towards the relationship, well, again, that might be a sign of a drifting or failing or troubled relationship. Don't panic, but we have work to do. We have questions. It's a big one where attention, time, and energy goes. And these days, it's kind of limited. We're overworked. We're tired dealing with COVID stuff. And so where that all goes is very meaningful. Let it be profound. Saying things like I never see anymore, we never do anything together, but yet I see you out in the world doing a lot with others. Yeah, that's a red flag. That's a, that's a bummer to have to encounter that, but it's part of the relational life cycle and we wanna just find out what that means. We're not making assumptions. We're not trying to be mind readers. That is not a good thing. We do not want to do that. Healthy, robust relationships of all kinds can tolerate honest, loving questions like what's going on. (laughs) I have to keep adding those little qualities to remind us because it's very easy for us to panic and get heated and upset about these things and attack. And that is the opposite. When you're trying to maintain, reconnect, or pull someone back in, the startup matters. The way you enter research, robust research and clinical experience, I should say, tells us that how a conversation begins is a powerful indicator for how it will go and how it will end. If you come in hot, well, it's gonna get hotter. If you come in soft, it might stay soft. And if it doesn't, it gets elevated, we're at least coming in at a two or a three, so it's not gonna get that much hotter. But some people that come in hot, everything's an attack, everything's a blame. You gotta process and regulate a little bit. We don't wanna be going to people consistently with unprocessed, uh, unright-sized stuff. If it's a three, come at, come at them with a three. Not everything should be a nine and a 10. Reserve that for times when that's really, truly what's happening. Otherwise, you undermine the intensity or the importance that they'll place upon something, you know? But that energy and where their energy goes is meaningful. We talked about the I and the we thing that just came up here in a research piece I'm looking at. As I'm talking, I'm kind of flipping through some of these articles, but the I and the we is a huge one. Um, We're hoping to move towards the uh, we and us and away from the I. But a constant focus on the I is not great. Um, I thought this was interesting as well this discussion of um, how well they treat others versus how well they treat you. Um, You know, we don't really want to compare and despair, as they say, but at the same time, looking at how someone engages others and other things in their life does give us a little bit of a baseline. And so comparison, there might be something smart to that, but um, it could also lead to a lot of, you know, a lot of um, panic or assumptions. And so when in doubt, go find out. I kind of like what I say with dating, when in doubt, go out. (laughs) When in doubt, go out again, and again, and again, and again. Uh, Always, always, always taking risk and expanding ourselves. Um, We talked about the allocation of energy and resources. So again, we're back to that. And then I like this one, diminished affection. 
again, change in patterns usually is built on and driven by something. So if that changes based on how it was and how it is now, there's a reason for conversation around that. It doesn't necessarily mean your relationship is dead or failing, but decreased affection might be, they might be tired, they might be resentment. And that's why I want to bring these conversations up. But relative to how it's been, um, not a great sign if that's tapering off or completely has dropped off. Don't live and die by that. Because some people are lower, you know, are lower leveled with that. They that's not necessarily the way they immediately think to connect or express, um, or it is. And again, the inverse of that is up the affection if you feel as though maybe you're needing more connection or things are drifting. You know, all right, we got to take a little break, and then we come back. Uh, we'll keep breaking through, and uh, then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM, drop in the DMs on our Love Line IG page. Join us though. Come on back. We'll be uh, we'll be here. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. See you in a few. Alrighty, we are back and we're finishing up our discussion of signs that your relationship is maybe ending or failing, and this is so as to have these needed, vulnerable, important conversations about what's happening and what's going on, so we can fix things. Or not, because sometimes these conversations lead to reckoning and uh, we have to mourn the ending or loss of this relationship. So we've talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, another one is uh, difficulty agreeing on anything. Now that could just be because differences are finally emerging. That could be because people are more confident in the relationship and they're not willing to sell themselves out and settle anymore. I'm not saying these are all good things, but this is what can happen. Um, or it's because they're just no longer interested in you in the relationship. And so they just don't want to be accommodating or compromising anymore. But we want to ask about that. Hey, it seems as though we don't agree on much anymore. Can we talk about what's going on? Are you just working on being more authentic and honest? Are you pushing back on the fact that you always felt like maybe you were living in my world? Is it because you're not really interested in spending time with me or enjoying me? And that's what's really driving that. So ask those questions. Um, them spending more time with someone else and finding that more, that other person more appealing. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I would definitely use that as a conversation starter. Uh, <laughs> fighting constantly conflict is good. Conflict builds trust. But if the conflict is ongoing, never ending and consistent, you might want to have a meta conversation about the fact that we're always fighting. What does that mean? What does that indicate to us? Maybe it's a really powerful transitional moment in the relationship where you're really both asserting yourselves and you're going to settle into a nice, nice landing point or maybe not find out. Um, <clears throat> let me see what else I want to hit before we wrap up. Um, hard to agree on anything. We talked about that. Trust is gone. I mean, my God, that's a tough one to come back from. Um, once trust is gone, you really need to have some big, big, big impactful experiences of this person being there and being reliable. Trust is a hard one. I would say attempt to never let that get eroded at, but it can be rebuilt because we often will let people down. Um, but loss of trust and letting someone down aren't always the same thing. So we do want to allow disappointment, but um, trust being gone. Oof. We'll talk about that on another show. Um, oh, this is a big one. You know that things aren't going well when you are just too apathetic to even fight. The fight in you is gone. You've given up. You're, you've, you've resigned to the fact that this is maybe ending. It's an important thing to talk about, you know, that we don't even have the energy to fight anymore. We just don't even care. That's not good. 
um, daydreaming about being single. That's another one. If you're doing that, work on the relationship or maybe it's time to bring that up. I know. <clears throat> I know. It's a big one. But that doesn't, and again, these on their own aren't necessarily problems. These, some of these things are expected stages of a relationship. Imagining being single could be a sign of deepening commitment. And so you're just really checking in on that. And sometimes fantasy is just where our head goes to imagine otherwise. It doesn't always mean that we don't like where we are. You know, that happens with sex, relationships, jobs, all sorts of things. We, 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 we consider and imagine what else is. But fantasy doesn't always mean that we want that to be our reality. In fact, that's the beauty of fantasy is, in fact, we often don't want it to be our reality. And it exists only in fantasy. That's where we don't have to worry about rules and people's feelings and expectations and social norms and values and all of that. It's the safe place to kind of just wander. So we don't always have to make a lot of meaning out of it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, and then finally, let's just kind of close on this one. You talk about getting some support therapy, whatever it is, and your partner's like, nah, I'm good. Things aren't going well. They're not interested in putting in the time, energy, or finances to work on it. It's not a good sign. And I'd want to understand why. I would say to them, what's your plan? What's your thoughts? What does that mean for you? What are you hoping will happen? Um, how do you think we can work on this? You know, it's, it, this really all falls under the heading of we have to have these difficult conversations. And if we can't have these, well, then maybe you have to just start there working up to being able to tolerate and have the resilience to have difficult conversations. So again, all of these on their own aren't necessarily bad signs, but when you put them all together and if they're consistent, then a difficult conversation needs to be had because these are things to wake us up. These are things to remind us to like step it up because the longer these issues go on, the harder it can sometimes be to resolve or to circle back because they get deep rooted. And when resentment starts building and we start really disliking each other, uh, that's not great. That that's that's usually the final stages. Um, so don't get there. And if you see yourself inching towards that, pull back. Start finding and connecting around the things that you enjoy. Um, going into gratitude about what it is that you value within each other in the relationship. You know, that's the bag, that's the best solution. Is don't let it get too far along or let it get too bad. While also recognizing that these are definite stages of intimacy with anyone and everyone. All right, y'all. So uh, coming up next, <clears throat> let's do some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, a topic you want covered, drop them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen because um, it's all about repetition. We got a lot to unlearn and a lot to relearn. Got to get those tools, but it's practice, practice, practice. All right, stick around though. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we are back. Now it's time to slide back into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Miranda, and I've been in the uh, nightclub industry since I was 18. It's a fun industry. It's a wild industry. God bless. It can burn you out. Late nights, loud music, wild behavior. It's kind of how I started my uh, youthful rebellion. Club kid in New York City and Philadelphia. It was fun times. I wonder how some of those kids are doing. Wild stuff, y'all. Anyway, back back to your question. (laughs) Enough about me. Before the pandemic, I was a dancer and a bartender at a few local spots. Very cool. Um, I met my girlfriend at the bar. We've been dating for a little over a year. We live together. Now, because of the pandemic, see? One of those pandemic relationships pushed a lot of people together. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, sometimes too soon. Saw a story about a girl who went on a first date. This was over in uh, China. And pandemic happened. Again, severe lockdown. And she was like stuck there for days. Hey, dude. (laughs) Mind if I crash for a while? Hope that date went well for you because I'm going to be here for a minute. Um, anyway, back to your question. We live now together because of the pandemic, which I'm starting to think was a mistake and we weren't ready. You, you, well, it was a mistake and you weren't ready. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't have asked them to move in so soon, most likely. But hey, here you are. Obviously, my work is struggling. My heart goes out to that as well. There's so many industries that have been hit hard. And she works, but it's not enough to take care of us both. Oh my God, see? Financial pressure already that you weren't wanting or ready for or... So, uh, oh, here we go. I want to start in OnlyFans. There it is. I just want to remind people, I think we've over-idealized and romanticized what an OnlyFans career is like. I think people think, oh, I'm just going to throw on the camera, work from home, no big deal. Well, I think it's a very viable thing. All work is body work. All labor is body labor. Whether you're cleaning a hotel room, making coffee or a bartender, someone is renting your body. And just because sometimes it's more sexually based doesn't make it more problematic or traumatic. That's a personal subjective thing. And OnlyFans means you're constantly going to have to be tapping into your erotic self. You're going to have to constantly be producing material. It's a lot of work. It's a very saturated market. It doesn't promise to pay your bills or to pay consistently. You have to be able to stand behind that over the long term. And your relationship has to be the kind of relationship that's robust enough to tolerate that. I want to just call that out. I think some people think it's simple and easy because they see other people making tons of money. But you have to think about all the labor that goes into that. I work with some of the top earners and it's tiring work. Back to your question. 
question. You said, number one, I'm used to the industry and don't really see what the difference is between me dancing on stage and dancing on camera for strangers and money. I don't disagree. I think it might be easier, sometimes harder, but I'm with you. Number two, she threatened to break up with me if I do it. I don't understand why. I mean, ask her, what's the difference to you? Ask her, you know, what feels more threatening? Ask her what feels more destabilizing? Ask her if she has any ideas as to how else you can make money. Ask her if she's willing to maybe take more hours on so she can make more money so you don't have to. Um, if part of the reason you want to do it is to take care of both of you, well, then it's a couple's issue and you both need to come up with a solution. You're proposing that as one solution. If she doesn't like it, ask her what other idea she has. I would say make it less of an individual decision and make it a couple's issue. Hey, it's something I'm thinking about. As a couple, let's decide if that makes sense for us. And if you don't think it does, let's brainstorm other ideas that are comfortable for both of us that I can make money. I don't know why she's not as comfortable. All you can do is ask that question, listen to her answers, lovingly hear her process it and as a couple come up with some other solutions and that's what you got i i don't really like dating people well let me say it differently i wouldn't want to date someone in the nightclub scene that has nothing to do with only fans but that's because I, I i go to bed early i get up early i'm a non-drinker um there's a lot loaded stuff into that industry so sometimes we have personal sensitivities that don't seem directly connected. Uh, for me, it's not about insecurity. It's about my own mental health. And for them, the OnlyFans might be something about that. I don't know. So it becomes a discussion, you know, and if for whatever reason you decide that it is that important to you, which again, I'm not hearing you say, I want to do it. And I've always wanted to, I'm hearing you say, I don't know what else to do for work. And this is the best I could come up with. That's different from, I want to do this. Cause if you said, this is what I want to do. My heart's in it. I've always wanted to be a sex worker, or I know you already do. And to some extent, well, then it'd be one thing if she doesn't support it and you could say, well, then we're not right as a couple, but if it's not something you necessarily want, but it's just an option, well then process other ones, you know? All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow. If you got a DM for us, a question, a topic, something you want us to circle back to, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and past episodes are right. We are channelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. Y'all take care of yourselves. Have an awesome night and we'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.